0: You're listening to Three Valleys Radio. A very warm welcome to The Racing Show, sponsored by Bresbet, our new online partners. Trainers. Jockeys, pundits, and all your racing news, flat and jumps. Every Friday night at 7 o'clock, here on Three Valleys Radio. Good evening and welcome to this week's racing show here on Three Bally's Radio. On the show tonight we've got National Hunt jockeys Nick Schofield and Gavin Sheehan. We've got trainer Jamie Snowden. We've got John Frankham. Simon Holt will be joining us to preview the next weekend's racing. Colin Brown will be here with all his wonderful tips as will Dave Wilson from Harlequin Racing and we've got a special guest from uh, the world of gambling uh, none other than Harry Finlay who is a legend within the world for losing £2 million on the uh, All Blacks rugby team in the 2007 World Cup and we've got Bresbet's Gary Wiltshire so all in all a pretty full show I'm sure so let's get started straight away with all the news from the racing media
1: Hello and a very warm welcome along Welcome to the racing news from the racing media, which includes Racing TV, the Racing Post and the Sporting Life. My name's Mike Patton and welcome to the latest edition of our news. We'll start with some sad news. The racing community is in mourning for former jump jockey Tom Greenway, who has died at the tender age of 38 he rode more than 40 winners under rules as an amateur and a conditional during a career in which he also came back from breaking his neck in three places in a fall at Towcester when only 21. Greenway, who's from a racing family, started out in point-to-points and joined Ginger McCain, then spent time at Henrietta Knight's Yard before a successful spell with Nigel Twiston-Davis, a highlight of which was riding a treble at Perth. He was a qualified plumber and helped his brother with his property business after quitting the saddle. He was about to become involved in the bloodstock industry at the time of his death. He'd been poorly for a while, said lifelong friend Will Kinsey, who was a former amateur rider and trainer who is now a breeder. He continued, he rode a lot of winners and he came back from a broken neck. They called him the miracle man in the paper. Donald McCain paid tribute to Greenway and said, "'It is very sad.' His grandfather Ted Greenway was Red Rum's vet and we've known Tom since he was tiny. He rode for me as a conditional and he was a good rider and a very nice lad. Greenway also rode winners for Peter Bowen who said His dad had horses here and his aunt has horses with us now. Tom was a good jockey and he was a lovely lad. One of his final winners was on Lady Suffragette for New Market trainer John Berry, who said, I booked him because he struck me as a good claimer and he used to come down and school. He was so nice and so helpful and we stayed in touch on social media after he stopped riding. Greenway is survived by his mother Janet and his brother David. And the funeral is at 11.30am on Tuesday, November the 16th at St Boniface's Church in Bunbury in Cheshire. Family flowers only, with donations please, to the Injured Jockeys Fund. And next up, here on the Racing News... The last two winners of the Queen Mother Champion Chase are set for a sizzling Schler Chase showdown at Cheltenham on Sunday, as Put the Kettle On and Politologue feature among the six entries for the Grade 2. Last season's Champion Chase heroine Put the Kettle On continues her love affair with Cheltenham, as the seven-year-old bids to make it five from five at her happiest hunting ground. But achieving such a feat won't be easy with the 2020 winner in opposition. Politolog was unable to defend his champion chase crown in March as he was withdrawn minutes before the off after blood was found in his nostrils. But the Ketlong went on to take his title, bravely fending off the challenge of Nub Negra and the pair are set to renew rivalry on Sunday with the Dan Skelton-trained seven-year-old also among the sextep. The entries are completed, be last season's grand annual winner Sky Pirate, Rouge Vif and Bundaram. Lelon and Protectorac are the new 5-1 to joint favourites for the Paddy Power chase with the sponsors, after a field of 24 remained at Monday's five-day forfeit stage. Last year's winner, Cool Cody, also features. An Irish-trained horse has not won the race since Tranquil Sea in 2009, and the recent Kerry National winner, Assemble, along with outsider Funky Dardy, are the only Irish representatives in the twenty-four. No ordinary Joe has assumed favouritism for the Unibet Greatwood Hurdle at 9-2 with Paddy Power, with West Cork next best at 11-2 to and top weight Adagio available at 13-2. to And our next story here on the Racing News. Peter Bowen is set to strike while the iron is hot and aim is Grand Sefton chase winner McTotty at the Randox Grand National next spring and he could first bid to complete a unique double by running the eight-year-old in the better chase back at Aintree next month. Bowen was winning a race over the famous fences for the fifth time when McTotty took the two-mile, five-furlong Grand Sefton under his son James on Saturday, and he identified the chaser as a likely future national contender. Having initially said he would wait and see, the trainer is now minded to target next April and said, you have to think that way. Obviously, he's got to go up a fair bit in the handicap, but you don't want to go up so much that he won't be competitive. He'll stay the trip. The way he stayed was his forte on Saturday. His dam stayed well, and he's by midnight legend, so he's bred to stay. McTotty is a 50 shot with Paddy Power for the national, in which Bowen's McKelvey finished second to Silver Birch in 2007. Bringing the Grand Sefton forward a month from its former date on the Betcher Chase card gives McTotty the option of another sighter over the fences on December the 4th. He's come out of it really well. You wouldn't know he'd had a race, Bowen said. We'll wait a week and have a look at where he'll go, but he'll probably have an entry in the Betcher Chase. It wouldn't be impossible. There's a nice gap between the races, and it would be a unique double. It's never been done before because they are always run on the same day. Now, with the headline of Tote and BritBet link-up, here's our next story. The Tote and BritBet have joined up to offer race-goers betting on course extra value with the introduction of the Tote guarantee. From Monday, bettors with the Tote will benefit from an enhancement to the dividend, which ensures the Tote win price always matches the industry starting price or exceed it if the pool price is bigger. Where the Tote win price is higher than the SP, the customer will be paid the higher price. BritBet Managing Director Nigel Roddis said, As racegoers increasingly return to racecourses, we want them to enjoy the best possible experience. The added value that Tote Guarantee provides on every win bet is a boost for racegoers, and one we hope they will embrace. And by doing so, they will be directly contributing to the racecourse and the sport itself. The Tote guarantee will be for an initial trial period of three months until the end of January 22, and will be offered across BritBet's 55 partner racecourses and tote.co.uk. And with the headline of Chantry House warms up for possible King George tilt with match race stroll, here's our final story of the week. It may not have been the test his connections were hoping for, but Chantry House passed with flying colours when landing the future star's intermediate chase by 37 lengths from the big breakaway. The seven-year-old faced only one rival as he took his first steps outside of novice company, but he picked up where he left off, having won two Grade 1s last season, including the Cheltenham Festival. Trainer Nicky Henderson suggested Chantry House could next go for the Ladbrokes King George VI Chase at Kempton on Boxing Day, for which he was cut to six to one from seven. He was also shortened from twelve to one from fourteen for the Gold Cup in March by Paddy Power. I'm glad it's over," said Henderson, who shared a post-race debrief with Sir Anthony McCoy. He's beaten all the novices, but it's a step up the next year taking on the big boys. I know everyone will shout about two horse races, but we need this. What else do I do with him? Champ is hopefully going to the Betfair chase, because he has to go left-handed. So where does it leave Chantry House to go? These races were made to give youngsters a chance to break through. The runner-up is good, and he's done everything we wanted him to. Henderson has used this listed contest, which was run in memory of Irish Open-winning golfer John O'Leary, as a springboard for bigger things and has won four of the last five runnings, having previously struck with Pym and Gold Cup runners Santini and Mike Bite. As to Chantry House's participation in the King George, the trainer added, I'll have to talk to J.P. McManus, the owner, about it. It seems the natural thing to do at the moment. He's now proved he stays and his jumping was lovely. I know it may not have proved a lot, but the Brig Brokeaway is a good horse on his day, and Colin Tizard's horses are running well at the moment. The race presented Nico de Boinville with a tactical conundrum, and the jockey added. It was a nice clear round, and he saw it out well. These cat-and-mouse match races are one of the hardest things you have to do as a jockey, but this was a good starting point for him. It's a great jumping test round here, and it's fun when you're on a good one. He had to do all the donkey work today, and you'd like to think a bit of a lead will eke out a bit of an improvement next time. This has been the racing news from the racing media, which includes Racing TV, the Racing Post and the Sporting Life. I'm Mike Padden. Once again, thanks for listening. And join us next time.
0: Well that was Mike Padden with all the news from the racing media. And now we've got to see exactly where we can go racing this weekend. Hey, okay, well to start with, you can go to Punchestown in Ireland, where there are seven races over the jumps starting at twelve o'clock. There are seven races on the flat at Lingfield on the all-weather polytrack with a twelve ten start. Seven races over the jumps at Weatherby with a twelve fifteen start. Seven races over the jumps at Utoxeter with a 12.22 start. Seven races over the jumps at Cheltenham with a 12.30 start. And seven races on the flat at Wolverhampton on the all-weather, uh, which is a 4.30 start. So that's Saturday. And then on Sunday, we can go over to Ireland again and start with seven races over the jumps at Cork uh, with an 11.50 start. Eight more races over the jumps at Punchestown, with a 12 o'clock start. Seven races over the jumps at Fontwell, a 12.25 start. And six races over the jumps at Cheltenham, with a one ten start. And if you fancy a long trip, well, what about Abu Dhabi and the United Arab Emirates? They start there at 3.30. So that's all the racing for this weekend, and Cheltenham sounds pretty exciting, and I'm sure we'll be having a few tips for that coming up in the show. Right then, who's next? Well, in this case, it's seven times champion jockey, Mr. John Frankham, who I was lucky enough to get together with on our In Conversation programme. And this is a little clip out of the programme where John is talking about his time with Fred Winter and his early days in racing. Going back to uh, Fred Winter, I mean, you know... Obviously, the things you learn in those early days are going to be with you forever and and with a man like Fred winter, I should think you know everything was spot on but I was reading an article where apparently um you were worried that uh, because you've been seen talking to a jockey uh, a jockey a bookmaker um that he might have been upset that you know thinking you might have pulled horses or whatever have you and his, his comment back to you i thought was brilliant yeah, so that was
2: seems a long time ago now um it was during a time when um uh, you weren't meant to talk to bookmakers these days jockeys talk to them all the time they advertise for them but in those days it was frowned upon um and so i found it interesting i rode a horse called stopped in the imperial cup at stand and somebody said that i'd stopped it from winning which was a load of You know, rot. I mean, we we never had a horse that didn't do less than its best in fifteen years of being at Fred Winter's. Every horse did its best. They didn't get knocked around. If you hit it more than three times, he'd just put you on the sidelines for for six weeks. You wouldn't have another ride. Um, Everything was done exactly how he wanted to. And at the end of the year, if it made money, great. And if it didn't, that wasn't the end of the world either. But he did it. He, He trained. And did things exactly how he wanted to. All the rugs and all the ta- everything was in tip-top condition. The the hostel where the lads lived was the best that you could get. Everything was perfect, immaculate. The house, the yard, everything was immaculate.
0: So bearing in mind that you didn't uh, particularly have any ideas of going race race riding when you started, um, how soon did you sort of, you know, get into it and think, God, this is great. I'm I'm enjoying this.
2: Um, I always enjoyed the school inside of it. Um, there was a time where I thought I wasn't going to um, do any good. I, I, I rode a winner for somebody called Godfrey Burr. Um, it was my first ride and it was at Worcester. And he was a little permit holder who lived just outside of um, Swindon. And then I struggled a bit. I broke my wrist um, on one of Fred's in an novice chase at Cheltenham and things just didn't particularly go and I, I said to him, parents I think I'm going to leave at the weekend and I went down to tell him and um, I was down to ride a horse called Oswald Eston and he said look you can ride him at Worcester at the weekend so I stayed and won on him and I think I won about 11 or 12 races on him in the end and if it hadn't been for that little horse I I would have packed up and gone back into dealing in cars or helping with dad building or doing something Mm. Um, and I owed him a lot.
0: Yeah absolutely so, looking back, you, you, you in, in seven championships, you must have ridden God knows how many horses. Um, can you pick the top five for me, in reverse order, and why?
2: Oh, God, in reverse order. Hill that's got to be up there. was mm. a massive big horse that um, Jenny Pittman trained. He won a gold club. I didn't ride him in the gold club, but I won a King George on him, and I won a Hennessy on him. Um, he was a big powerhouse. He was a little bit like Denman. Mm. Um he'd be up there. Sea Pigeon obviously won a champion hurdle, um had a lot of speed. Um a very good horse at uh, Richard Head trained called Border Incident, who I probably would have won a gold cup on if I hadn't fallen off him. Um but he had a lot of ability. He won that um, embassy chase final up at Haydock and he won the players hurdle. Um, final at Chepstow he was an absolute top class horse he was plagued with injury um, but on his day he was um, really good um, and then I, I rode plenty of good horses I must have ridden the favourite in the Grand National and on teen occasions but without winning it um rough and tumble he was a good horse i finished second on him one year gritar i rode I, I tell everybody i rode five grand national wingers which i did but sadly never on the day that they were winning that <laughs> <laughs> um no they plenty. you know lot, lots of good horses uh, little bay was a good horse uh, wayward lad silver buck um
0: can you wayward... can you single one out as being the best
2: uh, if I had to go back and ride one well, again, interestingly, you know, one of the nicest horses I ever rode was Looks Like Trouble. Um, I went and rode him oh, a long time after I'd retired, but he was an old Chances Yard and he was a um, favourite for the Gold Cup. He was, I was very impressed with him. Really well mannered horse. Um, lots to like about him. But of the ones I rode, probably Burrow Hill Ladd was the best of them.
0: Hmm. Did did you say earlier just now that you rode Deadman or you you compared him to Deadman?
2: No, he was very much like Deadman. I never rode Deadman, but um, Burial Lad was a similar stamp. Very big, you know, he was like a proper tank. <laughs> Relentless galloper and very strong.
0: Hmm. Well, that was uh, John Frankham talking to me from our In Conversation program. And if you want to hear the whole program, if you'd like to go on to the podcast section on our uh, website, it'll take you to them okay now it's time to catch up with i think it's fair to say a legend of the sporting world in particular the betting world and i'm talking about harry finley the man who lost two million pound thinking that the all blacks were going to win the rugby union world cup in 2007 but sadly for harry they didn't but harry joined me for an in conversation and we're going to um we're going to play sections of it over the next two or three weeks here on the racing show. But look, Harry, your, your claim to fame, if you like, is that you know you had a bet of over two million pounds on the um, All Blacks to beat France in the two hundred and seven uh, Rugby World Cup, um, uh, which sadly didn't go the right way. No. But um, how did you get into how did you get into gambling? You know, I mean, from an early age, what 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 what
3: was the sort of key that get you going? The spark, yeah. Um. I don't know, um, it wasn't, as, as a real youngster, it was just the very basic things like bingo, I, was, I remember going to Great Yarmouth when I was eight and being obsessed with winning this six wins for this blue vase I wanted to get for my mum, Yeah. and I remember, I think that was the first potential hook uh, that I can remember, and then basically when we went to start grammar school at age 12, um, it, it, it was like pitch and toss, fives against the wall, poker dice, Three card brag. I never liked cards. I mean, even, even I remember very, very early. I still well, still well at school. I remember thinking, betting with your mates, trying to win your mates' money. That, that was never really for me. I always was against the bookies. Yeah. <laughs> so,
0: three card brag. I must admit, takes me back. And, and poker dice. Yeah, there? but
3: that's poker dice. Is what that uh, yeah, yeah. that's in the book. with Aiming, aiming. Can start with. It. He said he ever seen these before, and that yeah. was <laughs> potentially the start of it. Yeah. yeah.
0: And and from there obviously you haven't turned back but i mean how quickly did you get to the point where you were going racing or going dog
3: racing or whatever first night of the dog's age just before my sort of late 15 early just before my 16th birthday i went dog racing and uh didn't know what it was didn't know what it was before i heard about it i was horse racing that afternoon for the first time heard about the dogs and as soon as i saw one dog race i was that was it for me i just couldn't couldn't believe me. I couldn't believe, you know. I couldn't believe it how exciting I found watching grands racing, and still the same now.
0: And how many, um, how many dogs have you owned? I mean, I know we will get oh. on to a big fella, big fella.
3: Thanks later, but oh, so many. I bought my first one at, at Tralee and, and I bought uh, Kerry Head for four hundred quid. Never had three, never had thirty pence, but I did add forty quid and bought the dog for four hundred because I fell in love with them at the sales at Tralee when I was sixteen.
0: Yeah,
3: and I would have been eighteen. Um, 18 19, first year at Clonmel, that was so that would have been my first dog. Um, and then I've owned, I've I, I got a lot of pleasure owning dogs. Chiquita Banana was a, a bitch I bought that she, she ended up being an absolute champion. Got to the Irish Derby final after I bought her and was the best stayer in England for about 18 months. She was, uh, I probably looking back on it, I think I got more enjoyment out of Chiquita Banana running than. Possibly the horses, you know. That mm. I only got into horses through through my, my mother, trying to keep my mother occupied during her, her, her retirement. So, um, yeah, a lot of great memories from owning from owning greyhounds, and of course, a lot of them, most of them, become your pets afterwards and your yeah, mates. And yeah. uh, I think that 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 element of it makes owning dogs really special.
0: Mm. But um, you know, you know, looking back on it, um, you went to your first. Horse racing meeting, when you were
3: fifteen, can you remember where it was? Yeah, it was at Newbury. Newbury. I remember having two pound on approaching in an obvious chase, light blue colours. Remember it like it was yesterday. I remember. Yeah, yeah I mean it's it's crazy. I I, I can remember, remember so vividly all, all the dog race, all the best dog racing from you know around that era, yeah. early eighties. I remember you know, the big races at Wembley, Gailey Noble and Linacre in the final of the Blue Ribbon, like it was yesterday. <laughs>
0: incredible incredible so um let's just go through my list of of topics here um i i, I know you sort of want to play down your your um your, the, the world cup thing but let's get that out of the way because it is it is it is you as i said to you off
3: yeah well the, the all blacks yeah yeah, yeah, I can't, we, yeah. We, got,
0: we can't not touch on it i mean you know how did that come about really
3: well i, I just um my pal jim was a massive all black fan as well and I think Daniel Carter was the real scene. I think Daniel Carter, if you know just, you just acting you're not know, like Daniel Carter, I just thought he was a god. Yeah. And ultimately that was the that was his injury that that, that cost me the money ultimately. But um no, I, I really thought that, that, that was the one the two years leading up to it there wasn't one single time when um I didn't think they were they were they were real good things.
0: So you started betting on it two
3: years ahead of the well, game? Well, I, I, just over, yeah just under two years, about twenty yeah just under two years before I started betting them at fractional odds against. So I had a good position. I was on it five to win four when the price was seven to win four. Mm. But as I've often commented since, it went wrong in the first night of the of the actual tournament when when France got beat by Argentina in yeah. Paris, which meant that that fateful night in Cardiff that I, we went to, I bought that I. Had the box there that night, thinking we're going to be playing Argentina, and we're going to be like 16, 18, or one on. Argentina weren't as strong then as they are now, and uh, thought it would be a great night, no pressure. And suddenly we're playing the French, and we're two to 11, and the French are the French, and it it, it went tits up.
0: Mm. Must have been very difficult. And I, 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 you know, I've read your book, and obviously, you know, you, you, you were you know, very concerned about your your gardener, but in particular who put was it twenty eight grand twenty eight grand, yeah. Yeah. Put yeah. on. But I mean that which I think is, is is great that you should feel so I mean I don't know if it's in a juice
3: way, but I mean, you know but he, he, you, he, he you t- cared, that's the point. He, he 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 took he was in the box with us and he took defeat better than any of us. Yeah. Um poor Alex, he 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 he, he, he lost the plot, he he was a bit emotional and, and we you know, it was it was Last 10 minutes were tough because you know they needed a, a, a fit, a drop goal would have been good enough. But yeah, yeah, Dan, Dan Carter's replacement was injured as well, so there was no one on the pitch that had ever really gone for a drop goal. And We've been basically spent the last 10 minutes screaming, Go for a drop goal if you miss, you'll get another chance. But yeah. they they hung their hat on the try and, and it went wrong. But uh, no, I mean, to be looking back on it, I Got lucky because I, when that when that game went wrong, when they lost that, when France beat Argentina, lost to Argentina, I should have cut my position, by at least 25, 30 percent, and I never. But fortunately, at half time with with France, uh, 11-3 down, I, I I did a bit of business there and saved sort of 25 percent of my money, which if I hadn't have done that. Um, then I would have been really annoyed at myself because yeah. that would have you know that would have been a bigger mistake than doing the doing the actual bid bit so that's the way it goes but you talk about the gardener. there was other people that uh, I, I was a lot of people I, for a long long time I said to people you have one bet this is it have a, have a five to win four have a whatever and yeah, yeah. yeah, it was painful mm, I'm sure it was I can't even think what it must
0: have been like <laughs> but well that was the legendary Harry Finley and we'll have more from Harry on next week's show. But now we're going to pop up to Lambourn and catch up with trainer Jamie Snowden. Well, good afternoon, Jamie. Thanks for joining us again on the show. Um, what sort of a week have you had? Hi, Eddie.
4: Thanks for having me. Um, yeah, no, we've had a um, we, we've had a we've had a good week, a busy week, good week. A um, couple of winners and, and a few placed efforts, and um, almost uh, almost had a winner at Aintree on on Saturday. So um, no, it's been it been a good week by and large
0: looking at the 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 horses that you've got running uh very shortly and and obviously going up to the weekend are there any you know particular standouts in that lot
4: um so we've got we've got one runner tomorrow is a horse called Braveheart who um was second in a a bumper I think he's probably good enough to to win a bumper but um we're, we're going straight over hurdles with him tomorrow um might find two miles a little bit sharp and a little bit quick but um we've got to start somewhere and i didn't think it looked the warmest of, 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 of races so um yeah we'll go and take our chance down there um okay. and then we've got one on friday at worcester i think cheltenham and New on saturday um maybe one on sunday
0: so uh well i will expect you to pop in for a cup of tea on your way down um uh, no anxiety though what about him at taunton uh, no,
4: he he ran yesterday. He finished third at um, he he finished third at Hereford, but unfortunately, burst a blood vessel. So uh, um, he he, he went he won't be running tomorrow.
0: And how long does it take a blood vessel to sort itself out?
4: Um, time time is always the big the the the, the 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 biggest and best thing here. He he I, he screwed over a fence early on, and 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 um, I'll just get him checked out. I wonder whether he might be in a little bit of pain, and, and perhaps that's why why he's, he's burst a blood vessel. So uh, we'll we we'll just take take our time be cautious and let it happen when it happens
0: is it you know potentially though know, a long job or not I mean you're talking weeks months what
4: I it depends on on, on how bad every, everything is but no I am still healing up quickly but um we just want to be patient and and get get him right as much as anything
0: yeah quite and then uh Cheltenham of course you've got one going fact of the matter what what chance has he got
4: um yeah he uh, he loves Cheltenham um loves it around there he's, he's never run a bad race on there especially on good ground so um i think the forecast is set fair I, I wanted to run in the cross-country race um on on friday there but uh he would have unfortunately the, the the top horse runs and it would would have put him wrong at the weight so um i think we'll probably hold fire and go to the amateur race on saturday
0: looking at we, we, we spoke last week about your you know, the logistics of, of moving horses and that and, and logistically you've got You've got quite a, a a bit going on. I mean, Worcester, Cheltenham, Weatherby, Eutaxita, Fontwell, it's all all going, isn't it? Um, well,
4: those are, those are all entries. They're not necessarily all going to run at all those tracks. So um, we we might put a couple of entries in per horse, and then and then try and pick the right race for, yeah. for that horse.
0: Hmm. But but you know, nonetheless, fair fair bit of work for your staff, I should imagine.
4: Yeah, plenty plenty of driving.
0: But you're going to have a rest.
4: <laughs> yeah. I, I, as you as you well know ad when you, when you run a business there is there is no, no such thing
0: as arrest no that's absolutely true absolutely there yeah and uh i see gavin's gavin's got a couple of days off now but he's he's been doing a lot of the work for you on the horses uh in the last week or so
4: yeah he picked up a five-day ban unfortunately so he's um he, he's headed off to tenerife this morning for five days
0: Ah. Uh, That explains it then. I thought, well, you know, he must be doing well. I'd better take a time off in the middle of a a season. But that's obviously why then.
4: Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, he got five five days for, um, I think, squeezing someone up at at Fakenham last week.
0: Oh, well, fair enough. Well, I'm sure he deserves a holiday after all those rides
4: exactly exactly i'm not I, i'm sure it'll be bittersweet when he when he's probably sitting on the beach somewhere looking looking at his phone finding out how the horses are running and what, what he's missed
0: yeah i suppose so <laughs> yeah i'm sure he will um, well look jb thanks so much so much for joining us today A quick one today because we've got an awful lot on the show talking to somebody recently that knows you or at least uh, had come across you on your travels harry finley
4: Oh yeah, yeah. He used to have a horse with us years ago.
0: Did he? Right, yeah. No, yeah. he he spoke very well of you anyway. But uh, what what I, a character!
4: I, 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 I almost had a winner for him at the festival as a jockey. Yeah. I say almost. I was in I was in front at the last and fell over.
0: Oh dear! That was careless of you. <laughs> it was
4: a bit, wasn't it? And it ended up in Cheltenham General Hospital as well as the winners' enclosure.
0: Oh blimey, that's no good! You don't do that to a rabbit, uh, as nah, a, you nah. know. But uh, no, he spoke very well of you, so that was that was nice anyway. But uh, have a have a good weekend, uh, Jamie, and uh, we'll catch up next week. Yeah. Great, stuff. Cheers, Eddie. All the best. Thanks a lot. Bye bye. Well, that was Jamie Snowden uh, in the office today. He dipped out on a trip to bangor on d but somebody who didn't is Nick Schofield and we caught up with Nick on his way home now from Bangor-on-D on Wednesday afternoon. Well hi Nick, um, catching up with you now on the way back from Bangor-on-D. Uh, what sort of a day have you had today?
5: Yeah good day, um, busy morning riding out and then um, <clears throat> yeah, um, two, two nice rides Palace to Ralph that I hopefully be winning throughout the winter so um, yeah another day and uh, we go again tomorrow.
0: And uh, looking at the weekend in particular, what what have you got lined up for the weekend?
5: Uh, it's up in the air at the moment. Um, on Friday, I head for a busy day, six rides at Worcester. Uh, I'm not sure about Saturday and then Cheltenham we should have a busy day Sunday. So, um, yeah, no, it's a um, busy time of year. Um, sort of always up in the air of decorations where you, what you're you going to be riding. But um, we do it by day by day. And, um, yeah, just keep trying our best.
0: Yeah, but it, it does highlight the... the anybody who thinks that being a jockey is an easy job it, it, you know there's one hell of a lot of work involved riding out in the morning and then driving all the way to bangor after you've ridden out i mean it's it's not an easy life is it
5: it's hard as way to earn a living i can promise you that it's very enjoyable and we're very lucky to do it so um you won't see me complaining <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, no absolutely but uh having driven a lot when i was connected to Yeovil town i can understand what it's like though and you know there's nothing worse when you're driving home and you've had a hard day and then somebody decides to divert the traffic around god knows how miles i mean, okay. the times i've had that and you know you all you want to do is get home and this is mean, diverse yeah. and you've got to go for miles but uh, but uh, so anyway looking like it could be a busy weekend anyway though yeah
5: touch actually we've got some really nice rides friday and um yeah and saturday and sunday so um hopefully we get a bit of luck along the way and then um, we get a winner's equation
0: uh, presumably you'd prefer to ride at Cheltenham than anywhere else, though, wouldn't you, if you got the choice? I
5: uh, the choice this morning on Friday where to go. I chose to go to Worcester over Cheltenham. I felt I had better winning chances at Worcester, so um, I hope I called right, but um, not you don't always call right, so um, you have to make a decision and stick by it. So um, I've gone to Worcester instead of Cheltenham and, in the hope we ride winners. That...
0: <laughs> well, let's hope so anyway, Nick, and uh, uh, thanks for joining us again this week. We got a, We've got a full show this week, so Got to cut you short a little bit, but uh, drive safely and no we'll, we'll, we'll speak to you next week.
5: Brilliant. Thanks
0: very much. Thanks a lot, Nick. Speak to you soon.
5: Thanks, Hayden. Well, that
0: was Nick Scolfer there on his way back from Bangor and looking forward to riding at uh, Cheltenham, possibly in Worcester over the weekend. OK, it's time to join up with Bresbet, And this week, Gary Wiltshire has sloped off to watch the darts at Wolverhampton. So we're going to talk to Sam up at Bresbet, who I think has got some pretty good prices for you today.
6: Good afternoon, mate. We've got a couple of specials set up for this weekend at Cheltenham. Our first special, and probably the lead one, is a just a price boost at double tomorrow at the Saturday meeting. We've got Magistrato in the twelve thirty, which is the first race, and third time lucky in the 140. We've boosted those to a a best in the business 100 to 30. And then we've also got the Paddy Power Chase, which is the Feature of the whole meeting, we're going a massive six places from the industry terms four. Yeah. Then on to Sunday, we've got the last year's champion chase winner put the kettle on in a, a really small but select field for the slur chase. We've got Nubi was second in the champion chase and former champion chaser Politolog. We've included put the kettle on in a double with I like to move it, who leads the betting in the supreme trial stake. We, we've done a price boost at double there, which is nine to four to three to one. Okay. That should prove very popular. Yeah. Uh, and also the big race. On Sunday is the Greatwood Hurdle, another huge field with twenty runners going to post. It looks ultra competitive, and we we've also gone similar to tomorrow's Paddy Power Chase. We're going six places instead of the industry standard four there. Uh, and on to the dart, uh, it's a brilliant field for the big big competition, the Grand Slam of Dart. We've we've stuck our neck on the line a bit, and we've just pushed Gerwin Price to top price in the industry four to one. Right, um, obviously he's going to prove very very popular. He's last year's world champion, and he'll be hoping to play himself into that. Thing. Sort of form with the World championship starting again next month, but this is a, a stellar field. It's it's not dissimilar to what you would see at the World Championships, and we think we think we might be able to get him beats So we've gone four to one, which is the best price in the industry.
0: Not bad at all, sir. Not bad at all. What price is Gary Anderson? Because that's that's my favourite.
6: Uh, two seconds, mate. Let me just get that. I should have that to hand. In the outright, or to win his game, mate? Uh, no,
0: to win it outright.
6: To win it outright, Gary Anderson is his huge 33 to 1. Oh, that's incredible. The betting, we've got Van Gerwen heading the betting at 100 to 30. We've got the, the price boost on Gerwen price, which has pushed him out to fours. We've then got Johnny Clayton next in at 11 to 2. Then you're looking at 9 to 1 bar. As I said, it, it's a it's a really stellar field when you've got people like Gary Anderson at 33s and James yeah. Wade at 45. Um Um, Stephen Bunting, 50s, and, and even Raymond Van Barneveld's in there at 75.
0: Well, I think I should be shelling some money out for Gary Anderson there. Sam, I reckon I will.
6: Love to see it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> OK, then, Sam, that's it for this week, then. Thank you very much for joining us Best from Bracebet. Bet. And I take it that all of these prices will be up on your website, yeah?
6: All all should be up there now uh, on our specials page. Uh, <laughs> but the Gary Gerwin price one is replicated in the Ordinary win book as well as on the specials page. So, yeah, if you if you take a look at our site and go into TVs and specials, they're all there set up, ready for the weekend.
0: Excellent, Sam. Okay, so listeners, it's brezbet.com that you need to go to, and um, yeah, get in there, some great prices there. Thanks for joining us, Sam, we'll speak to you again. Thanks very much, have a good weekend. Well now, we're back up to Landlord to catch up with the cheeky chappie. of course, it's Colin Brown. Well, good afternoon yeah. Colin, what sort of a week have you had?
7: Yeah, pretty nice week really, Adie, uh, I've not been racing too much actually, but um, we're doing um, doing a few things around the house, and uh, Hatching up with a few people and one and another. Yeah, so I'm a bad week. Good. I'm looking forward to the weekend's racing. We've got good racing you know, on Saturday yeah. at Cheltenham, of course, and Weatherby and Lingfield, some good runners down there, uh, as well as Utoxa. So, yeah, bits to look forward to over the weekend. And, you know, as we speak, we've had one day at Cheltenham. So there's some fantastic racing uh, Saturday and Sunday at Cheltenham, yeah. uh, which I'll be at. Oh, yeah. And,
0: uh, yeah,
7: looking forward to it.
0: Well, absolutely. Nice. So the winners going to be nice for you.
7: Well, we need a few winners, don't we? We had a few last week, but nothing, nothing too outstanding. No. But uh, now I'm going to start with you, Topster. I fancy a couple of horses at you, Topster, um, in the first uh, in the first couple of races, and they are the ones I'm going to concentrate on. I think. Um, Kim Bailey's horses are sort of coming back to form now. He's been a little bit quiet, but he runs a quite nice horse in the first race at 1222 at Utoxta. And it's called Kintara. Um, and I think that will win. It's a winner of uh, a point to points so that has been there and done it one by 17 lengths the national flat race at Warwick. Um, it's a pretty smart type of horse. And I think it will probably win the first at Utoxida. Right. So huh? that's what we're keeping the fingers crossed for. Um, moving to the second, is it a second or is it a third One Second, I'm just looking at that. Yeah, no, moving to the third race on the card there, the 132. This is a good race. And um, same trainer's got a horse, a uh, decent horse the race, called Saerdam, and that's Kim Bailey again easy winner at Kelso and at Warwick and same colors as the first one so I think Kim Bailey David Ba Lady Dolverton a double on the card for them at Utah soon the 132 and uh, in the earlier race which is 1222 so that's dead easy isn't it
1: yep
0: indeed and we'll it is now. Weatherby uh, Let's w- go to Weatherby. Weatherby, right, okay. That's all right with you? It's fine with me. We're here to please. Oh, Hang on a minute, let uh, me just get Saturday. to Weatherby. Just hold your horses.
7: Yeah. Hold your horses. Yes, yeah, uh, good racing at Weatherby. Saturday, Weatherby.
0: Right, okay, which race?
7: Ah, uh, We're going to go for the 1250. Um, and it's a pretty decent novice's uh, Limited chase, but I think Kerry Lee's also win this Magic Dancer. And it's the, at this minute as we speak, it's about the four to one outside of four. And it's called Magic Dancer in the 1250. Um, so the horse has shown plenty of very good form over the years. Um, he's only a nine-year-old now, I think, or maybe he's 10, but um, he's a horse that uh, I think can win here today, whether your horse is in good form, I think you would take a little bit of beating. Mm. Um, Weatherby's not a track that I rode on that much uh, all those years ago. It was a little way away, really, but um, nowadays the jockeys, you know, they go miles and, you know, it's not a problem just to go to Weatherby for one ride, really. Yeah. So um, that is the one that I like there. John Joe O'Neill's table is in good form. Keep an eye on him. He runs a horse there called Palmer's Hill at Weatherby in the two o'clock. And uh, this horse ran pretty well at Cheltenham last year. It wasn't beaten very far. Um, it was in the Coral Cup. And uh, I think it would take a, a little bit of beating at Weatherby. It's in a handicap chase this time. Um, and it's called Palmer's Hill. Uh, John Joe O'Neill trains. And, of course, his son is out injured at the moment. I spoke up to him about him the other day and he's got an injury. And he'll be back fairly soon. But Tom Skew takes the ride. So a very good um, substitute. Okay. I think that's my lot at Weatherby, to be honest. I've just been a little bit picky there, but there's a good uh, card down on the all-weather. There really is. It's the all-weather championship, so on and so forth, and some really, really good racing down there. And um, we've got William Buett there, who, of course, rode two great winners in America the other day, the Breeders' Cupies, riding... Um, riding a few horses down there for a Charlie Appleby. And uh, in the first race down there, he rides a horse called Untold Mystery, who was eighth at Nottingham, and not a bad two-year-old race the other day, staying on from the back, and um, probably here on the all-weather, I should think it might just open the count. Um, that's the one I quite fancy uh, in the first race. That's one that could just, Go and win. I think the main danger to it is a horse scored three start from the uh, stable of William Haggis's but that's in 11.40 at, at um, Lingfield so I think it's between those two really OK um, Right, Holly Doyle's there and say Buick's there uh, riding a, a nice two year old in the second race, there's half both to a few group winners uh, including Street Cry, who of course um a half sister to Dubai World Cup winner street cry, this one's related to. Um, it's called Independent um, Art Act. And at this time of the year really, horses, you know, should should have um, had plenty of experience, even if it's only at home. And there shouldn't be any excuse for them sort of really needing the race badly if they're fit enough. So I think this one takes the beating in the second race. It's got a few horses that have had a couple of runs that it's taken on. But uh, I would say it's probably good enough maybe to beat Park Street, the of the Queen's Horse, who hasn't put too many feet wrong this year, but without winning. Uh, John and Thaddeus gone some trainers from Park Street. But I think that um, I think the two-year-old first time out are drawn free. Might just go and beat Park Street. It was drawn one. I think it's between the two of them. Independent Act and Park Street in the 1210. As I say, there's really good racing there and um, a couple of good all weather handicaps. And then later on um, in the card, you know, you've got those qualifiers and so on and so forth. So. Yeah, it's uh, it's interesting racing as we just go through. But you've got a horse running here, and it's
6: called
0: one small step. One small step. That's the one. one. And I tell you what, my lucky yeah. number has always been eight. And guess what number one really? what, what small step is? Num- number eight. Yeah,
2: number
0: ten. No, number, number eight. eight. <laughs> I'm
7: only joking. <laughs> yeah, we All know. Right. One small step. Yeah. Wow. I I, I can see it running well actually. Brian me horse horses, you know, in good form, good trainer. Um, Ran well at Haydock I thought, the other day. Uh, yeah. Back in September, yeah. I, I think your horse has got a great chance. One small step. we better tell Mary to write that one down because she's a big fan of yours, Adrian. Um, oh, good.
0: If you
7: do own a bit of this horse flesh, Mary, write down number eight, his lucky number, one small step, and that is in the 120, is it? Yeah, yeah the 120. 120. They're at Lingfield, so Mary might be cycling down to the old bookmakers and having a few quid on that, i think. Yeah, so, well,
0: don't go, go mad, Mary. We money. don't want you to, uh, you know, uh, and ride that bike carefully at all. At your age, you God. can't afford to go hurtling down the road on a bike.
7: Listen, she's only a girl. She can ride that bike very, very well. Don't worry about that. Probably. I think she's a bit reckless on it.
0: Yeah, she probably rides it better than you ride a horse at the moment, I suspect. <laughs> <laughs>
7: I think you're absolutely right yeah I think she's got a trials bike now so she goes down the road very fast but you know I haven't sat on the horse for a long time I don't intend to but you're absolutely right right let's have a look at a bit more of the old racing down there before we go to Cheltenham and um here we have one second um God, quite a few races there right here we go the listed race on 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 the card is the gold rose stakes and um God, a couple of good old horses in this two including a horse called judicial who's always you know he's, he's just been a real uh, favorite of the yard um that is the julie kamana yard and i mm-hmm. wouldn't be living a bit surprise if he went quite close in this race uh, but other race, other, other horses in the race with a with, with chance I think are probably uh, five thousand and tune that's a funny name isn't it? Uh, trained by Andrew Boarding, I think that's probably going to be one of the favourites five thousand and tune um, I think will go quite well but don't leave out judicial as well if you fancy him he's a course course and distance winner and uh, yeah. know I wouldn't be putting it off him.
0: I think actually, there'd be quite a bit of support for Judicial because he's the, um, what do they call him? So elite Racing Club. Elite Racing Club, yeah, I know he is. Because um, I used to be in that, but I've, I've not not renewed my membership. But uh, he's he's knocking on the door. He had, he had a win the, day the race before last, so uh, it shows he's still got it in him.
7: Definitely. And the last race there... Uh, is a horse called Pile Driver. He's had a few injuries this year. He won the Coronation Cup Group 1 at Epsom. That's the last time he ran on Good Soft. And he's been off with a few injuries, but uh, he runs in the last race on the card, the listed race. And I think he'd be well, well uh, capable of winning that. He's top rated horse the race. Pile Driver at Lingfield Park in the 340. Okay. Sounds easy this week. Off to Cheltenham we go. and The first race at Cheltenham is at 12:30, ladies and gentlemen. So if you're going, you need to be there nice and early. Uh, it's the Triumph Herald Trial, JCB, Lady Bankford, that is. Um, they own JCB and it's the JCB Triumph Herald Trials. They sponsored the race I think for about 24. I don't know, for about 30 some years I think, because I won on a horse called Gofar years ago. Do you remember Gofar? Uh, no. Oh, well, he won the <laughs> Hennessy Gold Cup, actually. Uh, um, Did he? When I, after I'd retired, yeah, he was a good mm. horse. And he won this race one year. But i tell you what, there's a horse running here that I really was impressed with the other day. Um, it's called Mr. Allegro. It's trained by Honeyball, down near you.
0: Yeah.
7: Um, on ratings, he shouldn't really win, because Magistrata they give him one three one. 3 this horse on level weights, on one and caramelised the Alan King horses on uh, one two five. But I tell you what, the way he jumped the other day when he won, he he absolutely hacked up, and that was canton um, uh, He won by seven lengths. I think he's quite useful, and I think at ten to one, he's a really good each way bet in the twelve thirty at Cheltenham
0: on Saturday. Right, make a note, listeners.
7: Make a note. Moving to the 105. Now this is a amateur riders handicapped chase, and it's about the last race that I would have a bet on. So no bet for the second race there. Moving on to the third race there. There's some good horses running here in uh, the Horses Mouth podcast novice chase. Third time lucky is the one two to one on favourite. He's probably you know should win basically on form. But I could see the improving um, Captain Tomcat winning again. You know, he just keeps on improving this horse awesome, uh, Captain Tomcat. Um, and he beat Nick Pasta the other day at Canton. And I reckon could still confirm the form. And he's going to be quite a nice price. Captain Tomcat is about 8-1 in a four-runner field. How about that? Yeah,
0: that's not a bad price, is it?
7: No, he's living not. And I'll tell you what, in the 215, the Paddy Power Gold Cup, I like all the P- school protector at number two. Trained by Dan Skelton, ridden by Harry Skelton. He's only a six-year-old. He's got some decent form, and he's got course and distance form. Um, I think he's the one to beat. He's about 11 to two. Last year's winner, a cool Cody, runs off the same mark, but he is a 10-year-old now. He's about 14 to one, not without a chance. But uh, I honestly think that uh, Protectorat could be the one to back. Um, As you say, he's on his second uh, run since the wind operation, course and distance winner, number two Protectorat in the 2.15 at Cheltenham. Yeah, I think he's got a great chance.
0: Before you move on from that Uh, race, you see the top horse, number six, Layla. Well, he used to be with uh, Kayleigh Woolacott, who's literally two miles down the road from me. Uh, but he's moved to Harry Cobden, uh, to uh, Paul Nichols and Harry Cobden riding it. So whether that's significant or not, I don't know that they've moved stable. But I mean, the last two two runs, it's pulled up on both occasions. So that doesn't exactly inspire you, does it?
7: It doesn't. But i tell you what, he's had a wind operation, got a tongue tie on. He's had very good form in the past. Um, I'm sure Nichols will have him well-tuned up. He's good enough to win then. He won't be far away. So I think mm. Kaylee Woolyco Willicott, gonna miss him, but he's uh, I don't think he's been the easiest horse to train. No. Um but he's you know, he's got quite good form at the at um, Cheltenham.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Okay Well so
7: pointed
0: out. Where are we going now? Two fifty?
7: Yeah, we're gonna go to the two fifty here at Cheltenham. Um what wins it? Well I think it's quite a hard race, but I quite fancy Tristan Davis's horse horse called Bally and Milsey number four I give it an each way chance it will be an each way price Bally and Milsey in the 250 uh, 325 what wins it well <clears throat> this is a really 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 tough old race to be perfectly honest um, there's also had run for quite a long time but has had a run on the flat that I know they've punted a couple of time, times times. <clears throat> called Visa a vis uh, Jamie Moore rides it and also also it's called um it's called Punzatuami Phil um, that I know Brian Ellison quite likes uh, that's only one central last time out but I give him a small each way chances These number eleven and number twelve in the three twenty five there at Cheltenham. And my final bet on the card at Cheltenham Again, it looks a pretty hard race, I'll be perfectly honest. But um, there's a couple of horses in the National Flat Race, the last race on the card that you'd have to respect. Um, One Harry Cobton rides a horse called Lady Excalibur for Alan Jones. Easy winner at Aintree last month. And uh, Alan Jones, he's been training quite a long time, but he's a pretty shrewd trainer. And When the money's down, they often win. Um... I would say that will take a little bit of beating along with Harry Fry's whiskey express. who was an easy winner at Torbson last year, quite easy winner. And uh, I know he thinks quite a lot of it and it could improve. So they're my two from the last race. Little each way bets, if you like. Um, and that's, uh, X lady Excalibur and whiskey express in the final race there. Uh, uh at Cheltenham really good racing at Cheltenham we're going to experience this weekend so you know if you're going to go listeners, then make sure you get there plenty early enough because the crowds can um you know get pretty it can get pretty busy there um this time there it's called the it's called the November meeting and the Open meeting so yeah I think it's uh you know good racing enjoy
0: good well thank you Colin for that lot uh I trust there'll be a few winners there, and one of them being one small step. I hope, but uh, time will tell. And uh, you know, I'm sure he'll give of his best or her best. Um, but, yeah, no,
7: I uh, think I think she'll run a really good race. I quite fancy racing.
0: actually. Yeah. Well, fill your boots Are in. You going? Am I going? No. Are you going? No. No. I've got all the family coming down tomorrow, so not tomorrow, Saturday. So. Oh, um, uh, right. And my my eldest son hasn't seen my new granddaughter yet, so it's all a big, uh, ah, big happy oh, families. Okay. So Yeah,
7: good boy. Enjoy, so, enjoy.
0: So I better, uh, I better not go to that. I'll, I've been warned, yep. warned off going to Yeovil as well. So, um, uh, yeah, so there we go. Anyway. You're what we call sort of under the sun, then, aren't you? Really? Yeah, just a wee bit. Yeah, but you know, you've got to do these <laughs> things, haven't you? Eh? You've got to do these things. Yeah. But yeah, uh, no Mary, country. whatever you do, go steady on that bike
7: i agree yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. i mean Thanks you're not um what's that bloke that won all the uh, oh god i can't think of his name then the one who won all the uh, medals in the olympics uh, come on you, um, you know what i mean come on you should know what i mean uh the cyclist um, yeah Hig- wiggins wiggins brad wiggins, bradley wiggins, wiggins, wiggins yeah. or higgins bradley,
7: bradley wiggins
0: yeah so you that's yeah. that's bradley, not who you yeah, are mary know. You're not Bradley no, Wiggins. Mary. Go
7: careful. Go so careful, Mary.
0: Just poop on down the road nice and steady and you'll be okay. And pile exactly. on to one small step.
7: <laughs> exactly. Come over with a big bag of
0: cash. Yeah, that'd be nice. Plastic. Okay. Okay, Colin. Well, thanks for that, mate. And we'll catch up with you again next week, okay? We certainly
7: will. You take care, Adi. Have a good week. Well, that
0: was Colin Brown with all those tips for the weekend. And now it's time to join Dave Wilson at Harlequin Racing. Well, morning, Dave. How are you doing this morning?
8: Yeah, lovely Adrian, bit of sunshine shining through and the uh, ground's nice and soft, so uh, the National Hunt season's well and truly underway.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and of course, Cheltenham coming yeah. up uh, for a couple of, well, three days, isn't it, I think?
6: Yeah.
0: Right. so uh, that's, uh, that's good, that's just what we want.
8: Yep, we're going to go over the Cheltenham card for Saturday for everybody and... Uh, We'll see what winners we can pick out from there. OK. So we'll start off with the 12.30 race, uh, the opener of the David Triumph Hurdle trial, and the one we like in here is Magistrato of uh, Paul Nicholses. This fellow was uh, second on debut out in France and run well behind a horse called Porticello, who came out and won a listed race at Wetherby a couple of weeks ago, and the horse that was in third was uh, Imprenable, who seems been purchased by Gary Moore. And then that's also come out and won a listed event since. But the thing to note is the depth of the race the 4th, 6th and 7th have all come out and won as well. So the French form in that race is very, very strong. But then Magistrato changed hands and came over to Paul Nichols, and uh, he put it up in a race at Chepstow on the second day of the opening weekend and it it won in a canter. It won how it wanted. And... uh, there's a few lines of form that we've read through and uh, it looks to be about six months better than Scatman on form through opening bid, who was third to Scatman at uh, Newton Abbott on uh, the same weekend, Magistrato won at Chepstow. So uh, one of the horses that was behind Scatman's run behind opening bid and opening bid's... Got a horse that was behind him run behind Magistrato, so uh, we've got lines of form there which says Magistrato is a little bit better than Scatman, and Scatman's running at Cheltenham on Friday, so we'll uh, we know a little bit more once we've uh, got through Friday's racing, but opening race at Cheltenham, Magistrato, priced up around about 7-4 with William Hills at the moment.
0: Okay, fine.
8: Moving down the card to the one o five race, and the horse we are been liking here is Minetta Encore. Priced up roughly around about 8-1 to one with heels at the moment, and they're paying five places on the way on the race, so it's well worth having a small investment on Minerva Encore in that one. He won easy last time out. He won by about 25 lengths, but it was a race up at Fakenham, and him and Larry was just getting into a ding-dong battle coming off the final bend up there, and a horse who had fallen earlier in the race come up the home straight and took Larry out, which is not a regular occurrence in horse racing, that a horse turns around and comes up the track the wrong way. But it didn't. It knocked Jamie Moore off of uh, Larry and uh, Minerva Encore, was left out in front of Sam and davis on board. Now, what we also like about this, it used to be trained by Woody Mullins and then came over to uh, for good old Dr. Newland and... Uh, He's he's one off of 130 with a seven pound claimer on top, and he also comes second in a nice hurdle race at Cheltenham off the same 130 rating, and he's now down to 125, and he's got a little five pound claimer on his back, so he's racing basically off of 120, which is 10 pounds lower than what he's actually produced good form around Cheltenham on. So uh, eight to one about Manila Encore looks to be a very nice price there, so that's our tip in the second now. Right. Moving down to the one forty, bit of a no-bet race, really. First uh, time Lucky is about 2-5, to 1-3 to three sort of price to win this, and he looks to be a, a very good prospect over the fences, and uh, he's got winning form over course and distance back in October, and there doesn't seem to be a lot between the others. Captain Tomcat and Mix pastor have uh, raced against each other, and weight differences put them about neck and neck in this race, and Sebastopol was twenty lengths behind mixed pasta at Exeter. So uh third time Lucky sticks out as a solid selection in the race but as I say it's a no bet race, it's two to five, one to three sort of price. So uh we'll just sit back and enjoy watching the novices race in that one.
0: Okay, fine.
8: Moving down to the two fifteen race, a horse called Carabine Boy. It's priced up at twelve to one with William Hills at the moment and uh, they're paying six places on the race of fifth of yards, so well worth an each way bet there. Playing out six places. He won f- when he was having his seasonal debut back in 2020 and he beat no other than Fiddler on the Roof four lengths. Now, uh, Fiddler on the Roof's obviously come out this year and uh, reproduced his form from the previous season. So, like Caribbean Boy's beating of him when he was running well, he's certainly looking very good now. And he's had a good run in the pad- Paddy Power plate at the festival last year, but he got caught too far off the pace and a little bit outpaced early. In the back straight, and uh, he comes f- running through like an absolute wet wind at the end, and he finished seventh. But he was staying on hand over fist in the race, so uh, one to note there is Daryl Jacob can get him in contention a little bit earlier than he did in the uh, Paddy Power Plate there. So Caribbean Boy in the uh, <coughs> two fifteen race.
0: Okay, fine.
8: moving down to the two fifty one that we liked last year. Uh, Sporting John, he's priced up at ten to one with William Heels and they're paying three places on the race. As I say, he looked a very, very good prospect when he won his first four races, and his jumping let him down when they put him over fences. But when he did put it all together, he beat Sham Blue, and we all see what Sham Blue was going to do last week before he fell. And uh, he's had a wind up, and he's returning to hurdles, and he was only a five-year-old last year, so I'd imagine he'll mature on to be a nice six-year-old this year. And uh, as I say, he's back over hurdles, which is what he was very good at at the start of his career, and I think he'll be a very... Worthy each way betting there at ten to one in the two fifty sporting John. Moving down to the three twenty five race, we like the chances of Go Well Road. Another one priced up ten to one with William Hill's. They're playing four places on the race of fifth of the odds. On his debut, this fella ran Bear Grills to a length and a half at Foss Lass and then he come out and he won two very nice races up at Newbury, and he got outpaced in the County Hurdle at the Festival last year. Then. This season he's come out as a one run in the silver trophy at Chepstow and uh, he finished just behind Pritima in that race. And Pritima's gone on already this season to come second in a grade two listed uh, grade two class one event since. And I think the step up in trip from uh, what he's been running over to this two mile five is going to be very, very beneficial for him. And if he reproduces the newbury form, he's going to be very, very well handicapped here. So uh, the 325 race, uh, go well road for the Twist and Davis boys. (laughs) Moving down to the last race on the card, the 355, uh, we'd like the chances here of Mayhem Meyer. She's priced up around about 14 to 1 at the moment with William Heels and it uh, could be worth having a small each-way investment. In the race, there's a horse called Bonte, which is Fergal O'Brien's and she's got the best form in the race by head and shoulders at the moment. But what we like about Mayhem Meyer is she won two bumper races, one at Warwick and then one one at Taunton. And then third time out, she ran five limits behind Luttrell Ladd, who's a very consistent class one seller. And, uh, if she produces a form where she runs behind Luxor Ladd to five and a half length, she's going to be well within grasp of getting ahead in front in this race and giving Botte a uh, very good uh, run for her money. So, Mayhem Meyer in the last area at Cheltenham tomorrow for you. OK. what have got for the weekend, mate. Lovely so, job. Uh, see how we get on.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Thanks very much, Dave. And uh, we'll catch up with you next week. Yeah.
8: No problem, mate. Speak to you soon. Well, that was
0: Dave Wilson from Harlequin Racing, and now it's time to catch up with The Sporting Life's Simon Holt. Well, good morning, Simon. Thank you for joining us on the show. Um, What are you going to look at today
9: for us? Well, we're on the eve of the uh, Paddy Power Gold Cup, AD. And it looks a fantastic renewal. I mean, long-time followers of horse racing and jump racing will will know it better perhaps as the Mackison Gold Cup from years gone by. And under the Paddy Power sponsorship, it's still uh, as good a race as ever. And I think um, tomorrow's race lives right up to standard with a a big field, a field of 20 runners uh, over two and a half miles on the old course at Cheltenham. And um, a lot of horses with chances, naturally, including last year's winner, Cool Cody, who goes again and ran very well over hurdles at the uh, October meeting at Cheltenham. I was interested in a race at um, Chepstow in which Paint the Dream beat Man of the Mountain. And I thought that was a very strongly run race and Paint the Dream eventually outstayed Man of the Mountain. And they both jumped exceptionally well. But I wonder if Man of the Mountain if ridden with a little bit more restraint tomorrow could come out on top. He likes Cheltenham. He's a winner on the course. He won on the course in April and he's a marvelous jumper. He's just sometimes a little bit of a weak finisher and at Chepstow, I think he went off a bit too fast, Tom Bellamy. he was just um, softened up a little bit in the closing stages and paint the dream, who's worse off with him in the Paddy Power Gold Cup, uh, was able to come clear on the run-in. So I reckon at around 20-1, to that sort of price, I think Man of the Mountain could run really well. There's lots of others. Paul Nichols has got Lawler and simply the bets in there. Uh, Dan Skelton, who of course was a very promising young chaser last season. He's amongst the favorites in the betting and um, there's a a lot of of chances. Al Dancer now who's run well in this race before. He's now trained by Sam Thomas who's going really well this season. So uh, a a really open race but I'd go for a little bit, uh, just have a little bit on at a big price on Man of the Mountain I think.
0: Okay, fine. Well that's that's a 20 to 1 is a nice price if it comes yeah. in. So.
9: Yeah, all, all donations will be gratefully accepted <laughs> if he wins. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, what else have we got? We've got a couple of um, staying handicap hurdles later on. And in the Paddy Power Games handicap hurdle at 250, there's a horse called Proschema here who's likely to start quite a strong favourite for the Dan Skelton team. He ran an extremely good race. In the uh, race up at Weatherby, the staying hurdle at Weatherby a few weeks ago, when he finished second behind Indefatigable. And he ran, he appeared to run above himself on official ratings in that race. So much so that if he was able to reproduce the performance uh, in this handicap, which represents a bit of a drop in class, then he's going to take plenty of beating. Pretty good horse on the flat as well. Taken well water hurdles, seems to benefit from a waiting ride. Gets the trip well uh, and is a course winner as well. So I think Preschema could take a lot of beating in that race tomorrow if he reproduces his run at Weatherby. And the other staying handicap hurdle a bit later on looks quite open. You've got um, uh, Benson at the top of the weights. He was uh, a successful horse last season. Gow Road was a promising novice. The one that just catches my eye a little bit is a horse called Visa V. Uh, towards the bottom of the weights, trained by Neil Mulholland, who's got his horses in very good form at the moment. And this horse has only had two runs over hurdles, but they were promising runs. But he's uh, quite a good horse at his best on the flat. He was fourth in the Cesarowicz a few years ago, and he does look as though he, he could be well handicapped uh, in this race. Uh, you take a chance. He's, got, he's He's not got a lot of experience over hurdles, but uh, I just thought, again, at a decent price, he might be interesting.
0: Yeah, well, sixteen to one forecast on uh, the racing post, so that's uh, as you say, not a, not a bad price.
9: Well, you only need one of those to slot in every now and again, and mm. you know you, you're going to have a chance of showing a profit. But you mm. know they, they don't come along that often. I have to confess, there's there's some other good races on the card. Right at the beginning, they have the um, JCB Triumph Hurdle Trial. And there's a few horses here who have already shown considerable promise over hurdles. Uh, Caramelized for Alan King. Night Salute is unbeaten in two. Magistrato for Paul Nichols, very highly regarded. Won well first time out. But a horse called Mr. Allegro, I think, is interesting. Trained by Anthony Honeyball. And this horse was very impressive at Wincanton the other day. He was nothing on the flat. He was only rated about 50, very low rating. But he seems to have taken really well to hurdling, He just seems to love it. Jumped well at Wing Canton. And came readily clear on the run-in, so I thought he might outrun his odds a little bit. And there's, there's an amateur riders' handicap chase, and horse called Manella Encore, trained by Dr. Richard Newland, and he won at Fakenham first from out this season. And he might have been a bit lucky because there was a there was carnage in the home straight because a loose horse ran into the path of Manella Encore, and the horse that was challenging him, Larry, and Manella Encore had to swerve bashed into Larry, and Larry unfortunately unseated his rider, Jamie Moore. The form got a boost when Larry went on to win at Ascot next time. So Manella Encore's form from that race, perhaps he was a slightly fortunate winner. That wouldn't be certain, but I think he's got a good chance of running well in the second race at Cheltenham tomorrow. Quite a decent horse in Ireland in the past.
0: Of course, going back to um, uh, what was it, Mister Allegro? I can't remember what it's called now. Yeah, it's Mister uh, Allegro. Yeah, he's he's trained literally just down the road from me, so uh, mm. uh, local interest there for sure. And, well, um, I think
9: Ant- Anthony Honeyball does very well actually, and he's a yeah. very good trainer. And um, it's just remarkable sometimes you get a horse that was not very good on the flat, and they see eight flights of hurdles, and it and they're transformed.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. Well, he certainly started the season well, so. Uh, yeah. yeah, that must be a good chance I should think
9: I think he's in at about 10 to 1 it is a step up in class for him and uh, as I say the, the, the nickels horse magistrato is clearly <laughs> very highly regarded uh, but I wouldn't be surprised if Mr Allegro ran very well there's nine runners so you can have a bit of each way
0: mm, quite yeah a bit of West
9: Country battle there, then, definitely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah well, yeah well, so much of the top races in this country over jumps are fought out by West Country trainers, aren't they? It's yeah. a real powerhouse down in the West. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, uh, and has been for a few years. But Paul Nichols going very well again, isn't he, this yeah, season? Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, definitely. Definitely, OK. And then, of course, there's, there's a meeting there on Sunday as well, isn't it? It's so the last day of the meeting.
9: Yeah, the last day, the last of the three days, and um, the declarations have just come in, that the big race is the, well, there are two big races, really, the Schler Chase, which is a two-mile chase, and there are just four runners, but it features the first two in last year's Queen Mother Champion Chase, Put the Kettle On, trained by Henry de Bromhead, and Newbie Negro uh, for Dan Skelton, so... They they clash again there. There wouldn't be much between them on that uh, champion chase form. Politologue's in the race as well, grand old horse, of course, and Rouge Vif, who's like Politologue, now trained by Paul Nichols. Put the kettle on, has got a fantastic record at Cheltenham. She really seems to thrive um, at uh, jumping's HQ, and uh, she'll probably be just the favourite to beat Newbie Negra, getting her mares down so. Uh, she could be hard to beat again. And the other big race is the Great Wood Handicap Hurdle, which is always one of the most competitive handicap hurdles of the season. And uh, there's a there's a few in with chances. West Cork for the Dan Skelton. He's been off the track for a while, but he seems well-fancied, could be well-handicapped. Glory and Fortune has been going well, won the Welsh Champion Hurdle the other day for trainer Tom Lacey. No ordinary Joe in the J.P. McManus colours. won his last two. But uh, I, I thought one of the Irish runners... Uh, Jesse Evans could be interesting, uh, trained by Noel Mead and uh, Harry Cobden has been booked to ride this horse, and he was fourth in the Galway Hurdle in the summer, finishing fourth behind Saldier of Willie Mullins's, who's a very good horse at his best, Milkwood of Neil Mulholland's, another good horse, won the Scottish champion Hurdle, and Cape Gentleman was third, and he's a smart horse as well. So I thought that was a great run by Jesse Evans, who subsequently has won on the flat at Navan. So uh, that would be my selection at, I think, around 12 to 1, something like that, for the for yeah. the Greatwood Handicap hurdle on, on Sunday.
0: Sounds like a good one, uh, Simon, definitely.
9: Well, we can only hope, can't we? We can indeed, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anything else at Cheltenham, or is that your lot? I think that's it. The, the, some of the fields have cut up a bit, actually, and I, I know they've been watering, haven't they? <clears throat> and um, I don't know what it's like with you today. It's a bit wet down here in the... Um, southeast today no, uh, probably not enough to change ground conditions but um, yeah. you've got a nicer day i think uh
0: well, it's, it's cloudy cloudy and but dry bit of a wind yeah but
9: dry at the moment anyway so uh yeah yeah but, well it's get, it's getting quite serious because uh quite a lot of these tracks uh, have not had enough rain and um we are seeing some quite small fields developing which is um you know a bit early in the season for this to be happening Yeah. yeah, Uh, Or sorry, I should say a bit late in the season, because normally by now you'd expect there to be plenty of soft ground. Mm. Um, And we've had a few sort of two-runner races recently, which is not good at all. And indeed, you know, um, it's it's just something that doesn't really attract much betting interest. And Mm. um, the sport is financed by... Well, by betting levy, isn't it? So, everybody's
0: well, a loser, really, when you get a situation like this, aren't you? Really, that's the problem. The punters can't go to racing, and or when they do, they see two horse races. The, yeah, the bookies get upset. The racecourse yeah. up, get you know everybody gets upset, don't they? Really, so, it's not really
9: a draw for anybody, is it? It's no. not a result for anyone, and no. um, and also if you're studying the form and. Wanting to have a bet in future races, it, it you know, the form is very misleading in such a small field, or it can be,
0: yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Okay, then, Simon, well, thank you very right. much for that, that's great, and uh, we'll again, we'll talk to you again soon, I'm sure, and uh, yeah, thanks for joining us. No worries, AD all the best. Well, that was uh, Simon Holt, and uh, thanks to him for his preview of the weekend's racing, and basically, that brings an end to a rather full racing show this week. So until next week, this is A.D. Hopper saying thanks for listening and we'll see you again next week.